0: Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm Mark Shaw, and I've got a very special guy, CJ, Mister Biblical McMurray, with me wow. today. Hi, CJ.
1: That's quite an introduction. I hope I can. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to let you down at some point. If I no hope... way,
0: no way. <laughs> you're gonna, you're Mister Energy, Mister Biblical. I mean, you could have a lot of good nicknames, you know.
1: I can. I got some bad ones, too. We won't talk about that
0: <laughs> No, we won't. We won't. Not today. Well, we are reviewing today the fourth episode of the Hulu original series called Dope Sick. And it's actually based on this little book, Dope Sick. Here we go. If I hold it right. Uh, by Beth Macy. I have not read this book. I have seen the series, but I haven't read the book. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it is a national bestseller and she has a couple of books so she's probably a very talented writer I'm guessing but I again I haven't read it but uh uh if this series is any indication of her writing uh she's probably a really good writer and um and so yeah so we're reviewing this sh- this episode and, and this particular series with a disclaimer that you don't have to watch it there are some bad words. I mean CJ and I talk about that frequently. Just the the language is is um it's just harsh and it's a real portrayal of of that life, but man, I just wish shows would not have the language, but nowadays everything does unfortunately. So um so we don't like the language, we don't like some of the themes and some of the it, it makes your stomach turn, quite quite frankly. But I don't think you have to watch the series to uh, enjoy this podcast. Would you agree with me, CJ?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think we, I mean, there's going to be pieces we miss, and but we talk about a lot of the main themes throughout the show. So you can still kind of follow along. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Right. Yeah, I mean for some, you know, you the, the
0: idea is we don't have to put evil in front of our eyes on television the way right. it's depicted and all that. And so many shows do that, you know, the blood and guts and gore and and then the sexual stuff and all that kind of thing. Thankfully there's not overly sexual stuff. I mean, things are uh intimated wow. and and implicated but they're not demonstrated, I guess you would say yeah. on Camera. Good to so say, that's good. good way to say
1: it. That's a good way to say
0: it. Yeah, but um, but this fourth episode is the third one in a row with a title that is a made-up term. So this fourth one is called pseudo addiction. Do you remember the last one? It was breakthrough pain, and right. the one before that was was that psychic tension. Oh. Well, anyway, that that was the. That might not be, I'll have to look it up. But anyway, those are the three terms, psychic tension, breakthrough pain, pseudo addiction is the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. All three of those terms and those phrases were not created by medical people, not created by scientists, but, be, but were created by pharmaceutical sales reps as portrayed in this fictional account. And we are critiquing, the fictional account, we are not critiquing or talking about real people. There are some real people, real names associated in the fictional account, but there's no way they could have been in those conversations. And, and so this is all fiction based on real people and real characters. And, and that's what we're right. critiquing is the fictional account, not the real people.
1: Yes. Yep. Good. <laughs> Can I get no. an amen? Amen. man, at least for me, I don't know, Amen. one from the audience, so we'll see. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, and, and there are two places in scripture we want to go, and they actually say the same thing to start our, we always like to start with scripture because I'm with Mr. Biblical, C.J. Uh, but Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And so CJ is going to talk more about that in a minute. And then I want to also turn to Proverbs 16, verse 25, which says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Now, CJ, you know, when the Bible quotes something twice and, and restates it, it's probably something pretty important for us to pay attention to, wouldn't you say?
1: Amen. It's it's definitely not because God's senile and he's just repeating himself for no reason. It's not that at all. He knows knows that we're hard of hearing and he knows we don't always pay attention. And he knows that we need to be, (laughs) we need, there are certain things that need to be repeated. And this is definitely one of those things. That's right. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it's it's the way to death. And a lot of times we we think this path that we're going to go down or this decision that we're going to make is, it seems like the right thing. Uh, And then we find out later that it's, that it was the wrong decision. And, and really, I think that this episode really kind of depicts that in a, in a profound way, just the way that it's, and we'll, we'll get into some of the details, but the way that it starts and the way that it ends, oh, this one is such a, I mean, they're all, they're all tough, but this one is so heartbreaking to watch because you see the devastation in people's lives, like the doc, you know, doc. Doc's life, uh, Betsy's life, uh, you just kind of see where they yeah. started off like it seemed like the right thing to do with this Oxycontin. It seemed like mm-hmm. the miracle drug, right? That's the miracle drug and non-addictive. You'll hear all these. That's what they thought. And then they found out that it wasn't true at all. So, yeah, I mean. That's right. It's so
0: right. the last episode as I recall three three ended with the car accident Dr Phoenix's truck he gets hit mm-hmm. and they give him the pills uh and start him off on an individualized dose and um and so that's how that one ended. this episode four starts and you alluded to it it starts in 1997. that's the setting they, they move the dates around and, and they move yes. it around a good bit. It's kind of hard to follow for me the first time through, but the second time through, I know the story now. And so I'm following it well. But 1997, this kid is um, snorting these oxys, you know, and and he's um, he's like, you know, gets in faster. And so in 1997, this overdose of a boy and he just left to die out on on in a yard, I guess his house. In his front yard uh, by his teenage friends. That was heart wrenching for me to watch.
1: Oh, it it for sure was. And again, I mean, they're teenagers and that, you know, they're out there partying. I mean, they don't, they don't know. I mean, the rest of them, a bunch of the other guys did the same thing. People were doing, they were all doing the same thing. The effect that it had on him was he died and they just left. Yeah. And they just left him for dead at that scene.
0: It was a clever beginning. They focused on the girl and they were like, Hey, you're going to try this. You'll love it. And so she tries it. And then the, the, the boy, one of the teenage boys in that group, he ends up starting to have seizures and, you know, whatever. And they end up, they panic. They don't know what to do. They don't want to get caught themselves, which right. is, you know, that that's that self-surfing, that selfish ambition we talked about in the last episode. But mm-hmm. There's a way that seems right. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to be fun. But it's end is the way to death. And that's how this episode starts. You, you've seen that, I know, and heard stories in in what you do there at the refuge in Winterset, Iowa. Uh, you hear about this kind of stuff all the time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen, you know, people, people, have. I mean, over the years, I know people that have overdosed from anything from cocaine to heroin to now fentanyl is a big deal. Uh, I mean, I know people that have died from alcohol overdose. I mean, so there's just, yeah, many, many different things have this, again, and it's that same thing. They Nobody, most of the time, most of the overdoses that I'm around are accidental overdoses. they are ones where they were trying to get high or get drunk, but then there are those that where people take so much because they want to end their life. Uh, but most of the overdoses that I've been associated with or heard about are are accidental overdoses. Um,
0: which yeah. is, and how many funerals would you say you've done? I know you did one a year, less than a year ago.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to, so I mean, I've done quite a few. You
0: do some, I'm making you do some math.
1: I've done quite a few funerals over the years, but I would say less than, I mean, I've I've done over, 15 to 25 funerals, but, but I've only done, but I've done as far as overdose alcohol drug related less than five, somewhere in mm. that. Yeah. Somewhere just, to, but, but still, that's when you think that's about a, the amount of funerals I've done, a, yeah. big, a a pretty big percentage has been drug or alcohol r- related, which some of that could be the line of work I'm in the association who I used to right. be, kind of some of that too, but yeah, still, still yeah. quite a bit. Yes. Who you
0: used to be? Isn't it great that you're not that guy anymore? That's not
1: that's not me. <sighs> My wife, she's always like, "Yeah, I wouldn't have married that guy." When she hears stories, <laughs> right, she's like, yeah, wouldn't have married that guy. Wouldn't they even like that. Guy, I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't know. No, most definitely, yeah. (laughs) Thankful, that's not my identity, that's not who I am. A lot of people that meet me today, when I tell them, they don't even know my story until they like. I I know people sometimes for a while and they're like, what? When they finally hear it, they're like, I could never picture it. And it's that's because of grace of God, because I'm not the same guy anymore at all, not even close. I still struggle, just not like that. It looks a lot different, amen. So. Yeah, where I mean, well, well Doctor Finnick. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, well, let me. Doctor
0: Phoenix It says Michael Keaton. That boy, Michael Keaton, what a great actor! Yeah, he's now taking two 80s. So remember, he started off with a, a 20, and now he's taking two 80s, at least on camera. Mm-hmm. And then they they um, so they're they're going to show him in now he is becoming addicted right to the these these meds and he's the good guy
1: right? right he's
0: the perfect guy kind of the savior character he's helping everybody and doing everything he has an unfortunate accident and now his circumstances are dictating now that he is becoming addicted to no fault of his own i think is what they're what they're Somewhat portraying, I mean, you know, like he can't help it. And, um, and they weave this other testimony of a doctor who's testifying before a grand jury or some kind of jury, and they're, and they're, and he's talking about the victim. He portrays it as a victim. I've written down some of the things he says, you know, your brain chemistry changes. Uh, and he says uh let's see he says so you you can't quit cold turkey because there are disastrous results um and then even he says I wrote one more quote down let's hope I can find it um but he says that um withdrawal is overwhelming so the addict feels like they will die if they don't get uh the drug get more drugs that that was the uh the point of that yeah Get more drugs. So that guy's testifying before a grand jury and making it out to be a victim because they're trying this case. They're suing Purdue Pharma in this fictional account, which is actually based on true events. True event. But they're they're um, they're portraying in court the addicts yeah. can't help it. It's all the pills. It's all that that's messing this up. Mm-hmm. So ZJ talked to me a little bit about this doctor giving testimony before the grand jury, and he and he's portraying drug addiction as you know, drug addicts
1: as victims in this disease. What would you like to add to that? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, again, he's he's that's the big thing he's trying to push that these guys are, yeah, they're they're it's that victim mentality, and you talk about that in a few of your books. Uh, and that's not that that that's not helpful in in the big scheme now i'm not saying that there aren't times that people you know have like again when you've when a lot of times i think you and i have talked about this before when a uh, when a adult uh puts Uh, drugs into a young child system, you know, that that adult is a is responsible and that that child is a victim. But when that when Mm -hmm. that child gets older and continues to do that, they now have a responsibility. Sure, they were dealt they were dealt a tough situation and they weren't responsible for that when they were young. But as they get older, there's a responsibility for them to turn away from that. And so we don't want to paint this picture where it's just they're, where they're stuck in this victim mentality. Um, We want people to take responsibility and say, like, it's my choices that are leading me to, you know, we want to get to the heart of the matter. We want to help them to see that it's habitual sin rather than I'm just a victim to these, you know, all this stuff. But, but again, you have that going on. What's crazy is you have that going on, on the side that you just told, but then you have this other side, Sacklers and Dr. Haddix, remember that guy that they bring in? They bring this- Yeah, Dr. we're going to Haddix. talk about him. Yeah. Uh, you want, you, okay. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about him because, again, well, go ahead. Go ahead. You you finish.
0: Well, I was just going to say what, what they're- So in court, it's important for them to establish the pharmaceutical company is wicked- they are making an addictive thing they're deceiving people addictive product and deceiving people because they know it's addictive and um and so they're portraying addicts as victims and that's important in trying their case and that's what's confusing about the the issue of addiction why so many people are confused even christians don't think it through the show also shows like we mentioned in the very beginning they're they're taking the the coding off the coding is is coating I might not be saying that clearly but the coding is what supposedly slows down and makes it time released well they're just cut co- you know you can dissolve it a little bit in your mouth with saliva and take the drugs out and then you can snort it which is what they do there which is what Dr. Phoenix Michael Keaton's character at the very end Is told to snort it it starts and ends with him snorting pills and and so you see right there it's a choice right you know you don't have to snort it you can just swallow the pill but they're making a choice yeah that and so that's what's confusing i think to people is like well if it's a disease you know what level of choice in free will and decision making do people have with addiction and i would say you know, it's a choice from the very beginning, that girl in the beginning, Dr. Phoenix, who's being portrayed again as he's a victim of circumstances. He can't help it. It's addiction is getting worse. But um, he is making a choice to crush it up, you know, rip it open, crush it up, snort it. And and to to and the guy goes, do yourself a favor, doc, and snort it, you know. Um, so so that's that tension is portrayed really well in this series. Again, I don't like the language. I don't like a lot of the themes and stuff that they do in it. Uh, it's a worldly show for sure, and we're not glorifying that. Don't watch it. You can just watch this podcast. But what we what we like about the show is the realism and the the messaging here. And it's confusing to people. Is are they diseased or are they making choices or a little bit of both in some people's minds? But you and I would believe that would. But we know the Bible teaches that we're responsible to make choices and we're not just victims, even though at times we have been victims of suffering and abuse and neglect and all kinds of stuff. We're not saying that, but we're saying when people make choices, they're not truly victims.
1: Amen. And that's because the really, the problem is the depravity of the human heart. It's, 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 that is really the issue. And you see that in that Oh, the, taking the pill, taking the pill orally and just taking it, you know, in my mouth and just eat, you know, that's not quite enough. I need to get rid of that coating so that right. I get the pure form. And I—and then I'm going to snort it because I can get it to my, it goes to my bloodstream quicker that way. So again, quicker. it's, it's quicker. that's yeah. the, that's, and that's what we do. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's end is the way to death. You could t- it's a slippery Yes, slide. but again, it's non-addictive. There, that's what they're pushing. They're the Sacklers and, but you know, Purdue Pharma in this show is pushing that it's non-addictive. Oxycontin is not, you know, it's 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 non-addictive. That's their big push, and that's what they've been pushing from day one. And you got this other side saying, no, 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 this is very addictive. And so then we kind of then we this takes us into where they find they sought out Dr. Haddock's. And of course they wanted, I mean, that, that was just, I, and I quoted, and you can chime in here, but I'm just going to say a few things where the conversation between sure. Richard Sackler and Dr. Haddock's was crazy where he says, so in actuality, the symptoms, this is Sackler. He says, so in actuality, the symptoms, symptoms of untreated pain, that they're actually symptoms of untreated pain. And Dr. Haddock says, that's correct. Taking away a patient's medication isn't helping them. It's torturing them. What they need Mm -hmm. is more medication. Then these supposed addiction symptoms will quickly go away. And and Sackler's Mm -hmm. next words were, how would you like to work for Purdue, Purdue Pharma? (laughs) <laughs> i mean that's his this, yeah this he he needs him in his corner to push this pseudo addiction theory sackler
0: interviews dr Haddocks who apparently went to dental school which makes you an expert in addictions right <laughs> when you go to dental school i mean <laughs> and again this is a fictional account but they're you know but I, it's based on real people and dr david haddocks, You just captured, he's like, how would you like to work for Purdue Pharma? But you know what I wrote before that? I wrote this down because I thought this was very well done by the series. So I'm giving the series credit and kudos for this. They have Dr. Sackler asking at first, I wrote it, I quoted it. I went back, I watched it like five times. How do you come up with, and he's going to say, he stops himself short of saying pseudo addiction, which is the name of this episode. He goes, how did you come up with, and he stops himself, and then he says, where did you discover pseudo addiction? Now, do you notice the difference there? How did you come up with it is like, how did you create this and invent this this idea, you know, versus where did you discover pseudo addiction?
1: And so Sackler, did you catch that? That's why you're the leader of this the addiction connection, <laughs> Mark, right there. Cause you caught that. I
0: didn't. Well, you, you, you caught other things, but I'm telling you when I, you go back and you watch it, I, it's kind of toward the middle, maybe middle front, but he says, how did you come up with, because mm. he came up with the breakthrough pain. Yes. His uncle Arthur Sackler came up with psychic tension and he said, how did you come up with pseudo addiction? And then he, he catches himself. And, and that is, very well acted and written the the screenwriters that is what i appreciate about this this whole series is that kind of thing it's subtle but but it's demonstrating that he understands the importance of making up terminology and phrases and all that but then he catches himself as though he's like ooh i can't really acknowledge or s- assume that you know this actor the richard sackler actor does a great job and then he says where did you discover pseudo addiction and then all that stuff you talked about is what the guy dr haddix talks about with and i wrote down he said pseudo addiction means well sackler is is giving the meaning untreated pain symptoms that are underlying addiction symptoms they need more medication so you, you're having untreated pain. I need more medicine to cover. And and uh, Dr. Haddock's uses the breakthrough pain, which is the creation of Rick, Richard Sackler's term. He's using his right. term as though it's truth. You know, there's a way that seems yes. right to a man, but it's in his way of death. He is taking this fictional term that Sackler uses, and he's just using it in regular conversation as though it's absolute truth. Right. And it, it just kills me when I watch it on screen I, I don't know you have thoughts well, about that I'm I mean sure. that's
1: this is the way of the world this is what the world does and I mean even what haddock said if people are suffering they need a higher dose so that's again you that's it. so if you're suffering you just and and, and if you and if you're and if you're getting a dose you, the answer is and if it's not working if you're still suffering after you get a, a little dose, you need more, you need a bigger dose. And that's really yeah. what that's, that's broken. That's drinking from broken cisterns. Like Jeremiah yeah. two talks about, like, that's what the world offers. That's all they had to offer in the sense right. of like, when it, with the answer for suffering is more of this, more, you know, more drugs, more alcohol, more something to make the pain go away, the pain and suffering to go away where, God's answer is very different and, and says like, and so this is just, there's not always a quick fix, but the world, yeah. that's what they have to offer is a quick fix that leads to right. more pain and more trouble. Death. Right. Death. Right. The ways. Yeah. Again, coming back to that way. It's
0: not ways. solving the problem. It's creating bigger problems, Yes, which is Amen. again, what the show is depicting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he says in there, this uh, Dr. Haddix, he says that if someone truly is an addict, and so he's kind of giving credence like that th- that could be true. There's a small piece of people um, who are addicts in his mind. And, and however, he they didn't flesh that out, how he thinks about that. But he says it's their genetic defects, which is, is borrowing from the 12-step AA language. Oh, yeah. But he says their genetic defects are making someone a true addict. It they're defected, and that's why they're an addict. But most people, at least with pain meds, have this pseudo addiction and they're not addicts, they're not addicted, they just need more pain meds. But there are that small group of people with genetic defects who are addicts, and they're, you know, and, and Dr. Daniel Berger talks about, about that, about the um kreplinian model, the medical model for treating behavioral uh, problems and and how you know they, they viewed people back uh, in the in the early 1900s as degenerates people who were were flawed you know because the idea is we're all growing, we're all getting better we're not getting worse but that's what the Bible teaches evolution says oh we're all getting better so these pro- people with mental illness and problems there it is insanity madness dr daniel berger off your shelf these people who are um addicted are degenerates they're they're you know and so you at one point in your life you were a degenerate you were yes. you were somebody who should have been killed and we get rid of these people because they're not they're not well, good to recreate and da da and what a horrible message. What if you had died and we just said, you know what? CJ McMurray, drug addict, degenerate. He, he went to prison. Let, let's kill him. Let's euthanize him. That's the right. Nice well, thing. he had
1: family. Like he is, he's from a generation of people that have had addiction struggles. So they're we probably need to just kill them off because they're kind of a weak. Weak, uh, weak link. And and that system, that's the reality. Well, did you hear what, I mean, Dr. Sackler said something earlier. They were hillbillies. Remember that? He said that people from the West Virginia kind of down in that area, like they were, they're just, yeah, it's just because they're just hillbillies. And he said something to that effect.
0: Yeah, I wrote it down. So he's talking to his dad. His dad's trying to warn him. His Mm -hmm. dad is is uncle arthur's brother yeah so there's three brothers in this purdue pharma based on you know real characters but again we're talking about the fictional account but his dad in the show is trying to warn him and he says um you need to find an aggressive expert like and he finds this dr david Haddock's, but he says um but Sackler, richard sackler says all those hillbillies do is get addicted yeah that's all they do they're just a little subculture they're just hillbillies, hicks, and they need to be really a limit. Like the way he said it in the show was like, "Let's get rid of these people." Very and, um
1: Darwinian, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. and 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 that's what I think. at The theory of evolution, I think Darwinian thought that spurred that on. Um, it, it's a I'm better than these these degenerate people. Right. I'm I'm greater than them. They deserve death. But it's it's that mentality of just pride um, that we're better than. But, you know, the Bible, what the Bible teaches is the opposite. We're we're no better. In fact, I'm worse than you. You know, I can't judge you and say, oh, I'm better than him. He's a degenerate. He's a, you know, a hillbilly who all he does is get addicted. I, I, I my heart is more sinful than yours. From my perspective, I need to I need Jesus more than you. You do, okay. you know, in, in my, from my view, obviously we both need Jesus equally, but, but the, I don't need to think you need it more than I do. I need to think, man, I need Jesus. And it's a humble mindset. And that's what this show does so well is, is show you just the pride. And this verse, again, there's a way that seems right uh, to a man, but it's end is the way to death. Mm. Mm, pride.
1: Yeah. And then doc, you know, he's, he's hooked he's the next thing you kind of get into where he's hooked. And I mean, and the term they say, like he's dope sick, right? That's the term. Right. And that's where he's at now. And this is kind of the heart of the show, right? The, the title of the show dope sick. And now you see doc yep. is is dope sick now. And he, and he, now he's angry. I uh, remember when Billy comes to see him, like he, he's been avoiding <laughs> Billy and Billy probably shouldn't have, should have avoided him because Billy got there and he started, he started beating on Billy, you know, he punched him and was kicking shot. I mean, he was mad. You could tell it. And he's angry because now he's hooked himself. And he's also real angry that he's been deceived. He now realizes he's been deceived. All his patients are yeah. hooked on this stuff. He's hooked. It's a mess. And I think Billy, yeah. this is the first time you kind of start to see Billy start to see the truth, even like, and you'll see as we kind of yeah. go on, uh, billy's trying billy's things will kind of turn a little bit for billy too but uh oh, just. And,
0: and billy just for our viewers billy's the sales rep
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he introduced dr phoenix that's michael keaton's character to uh the the, the oxycontins and now he's introducing him to pseudo addiction so they they move yeah. from that other scene with dr sackler and dr haddock's and pseudo addiction and the meaning mean, and now Billy the sales rep is taking that message to a medical doctor to tell him doc this is what's going on it's pseudo addiction they need more pills they need 80s they need 160 they need you know they need higher doses doc gets mad punches him you know beats him throws him out of the clinic and and Billy we don't see much more Billy after that but he is now thinking about Wow. This is real. You know, when your right. nose yeah, you is bloody and, uh, and you're, you know, and, and this guy that you were friends with that you, you, he treated him to an Arizona vacation and introduced him to a woman and was trying to, you know, sh- you know, help him, so to speak from a worldly perspective. And now this guy's mad at you. And he totally, Billy, totally didn't, didn't see it coming at no. all.
1: No, not at all. Course, yeah. We know why. Cause he was deceived. We know why. Yeah. Yeah, and and Billy was deceived in a lot of ways as well. He was deceiving himself yeah. and deceiving others, right? And the Bible talks about that as well. But uh, and,
0: and they fired that other sales rep. I think her name was Sandra. I saw in the credits, yeah, but
1: yeah, fi- yeah, because she was speaking out. She was calling them out, and they said that it was because of paperwork or something that she wasn't doing correct. They didn't fire, her, like yeah. But the real reason we know what the real reason is because she was trying to hold him accountable and say like, this isn't right. You know? Right. But I think she she was was, almost relieved, you know?
0: Yeah, she was. Yeah. And she's a little too outspoken. She's fired, but she confronts Billy and all this is right before the Dr. Phoenix, you know, beat up (laughs) seeing the fight, but she says, Billy, you know, and then Billy kind of plays dumb and she kind of rolls her eyes and, and walks out and like, you know, like so, it's showing his heart, his values, and then now when with Doctor Phoenix uh, beats him and throws him out of the clinic, he's starting to like wake up, and so they yeah. they're tying all that together. It's mm-hmm. really well done. Yes, I mean, from a cinematic oh,
1: and probably this next scene. Oh my, where the creepy mm. doctor. Remember the creepy doctor, Betsy. Betsy, she, oh, I hated that. Yeah. Scene. That was, that was tough because he's, I fast forwarded through it on my rewatch. She's vulnerable and she's, she's dope sick and she's wanting these and and he takes it and he knows that. So, you, I mean, yeah. he knows that when she comes in and he takes advantage of that and it was, that was, it was pretty disturbing, but that, that's really, I mean, I, I'm sure that that can happen. I mean, that definitely happens in the the street life of, of the drug culture, but To think that it wouldn't happen in those, I'm sure that it does as well.
0: Yeah, I can't give details, but I know for a fact that scene happened in in my life, and my experience with someone that I knew and worked with Mm. in the 90s, where a medical doctor took advantage of... Of someone just like that with betsy and um and so you talk about like y- you know the feelings that this brings up i had forgotten about that um instance and it's it's a long ways back in my you know i i, I gotta be careful i got i, I don't yeah. want to but i know of a situation i i know for a fact and not just once, but like, you know, a, a doctor taking advantage of people just like Betsy was in this scene. And I had in the rewatch, so I rewatched it. I had to fast forward through that. I was like, I, it, it just hurt me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what's hard about, about like watching this show and and why I understand, I don't want people to watch it. Um, it. It's hard. It's hard to put evil before you and to think about those things. And and just uh you know the heartache and for me my perspective was i was on the uh the worker end of it at that point in my life and so i'm you know i'm on the good guy side we're trying to help people but um but that was a bad thing that the good guys did and it was portrayed in this and i'm and i'm glad it was because that kind of thing really does happen and boy this book in, in dope sick has some pictures in the middle about some real people where Beth uh, based this on. So I'm eager to read this. Mm-hmm. Um, but but she she talks about the the real life stuff that goes on. That's what this this uh the movie, the series, the fictional account is based on. Um and so yeah, yeah, that next scene. Oh, because Betsy, that the, the girl that plays Betsy, I don't know what her name is, the actress, she she does an incredible job. I, I just think she's probably one of the top two or three. I mean, Michael Keaton's great, but but she's in that top three act actors, actresses in this show. For in my opinion, she does a great job. Rosario Dawson too is great, but yeah, she does a great job. She does. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that was tough, but that's 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 the reality of of what we're dealing with. And then you got. And then you got the inter- intervention that they had for Betsy, you know, and I, I've kind of seen those. If you ever watched the intervention s- show back on A and E back in the day? I used to watch that a long time ago. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what it. That's a lot times 20, the way it goes. What's that?
0: There are twenty seasons of that show. Twenty oh, seasons
1: sure. of intervention, people, and people love to watch that stuff. Is what's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have that intervention and they you know is kind of typical like you got all the fan all the people that love her in the room and they're saying this mm-hmm. is what you need to do and if you walk away yep we're turning our back on you that's kind of like they're holding her accountable which is good uh and then but then she goes to the AA meeting and what happens at the AA Wait 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 stay on the intervention one second wait wait wait
0: wait you're you're so excited i'm glad um I wanted to comment on this. So this guy he says his name is Eric Miller. He's from AA Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And he's doing this intervention. So he's in the program and they show him he's in the program. Again, this is fictional, so there's no yeah. such thing as anonymity and anonymity with the fictional people. Um, but he he goes to you know, he's doing this intervention and he says, This is a place we want to help get you, Betsy, to a place of health. Mm. And I thought they're making a spiritual, emotional addiction issue into a medical issue by saying a place of health. But you know what their medical intervention is? It's a non-medical self-help support group called AA. So we're going to get you to a place of health in a non-healthy, non-medical way. I mean, right. people don't understand that. That's why we're doing this, this whole deal. Their intervention, they're saying, get you to a place of health, but we're not going to do it with medical intervention. But we're going to get you to a place of health through this spiritual program.
1: Right.
0: And what you and I do every day is we help people spiritually and we're not claiming it to be medication or medical or anything in that world, we're saying, we want to help you spiritually, because we believe that's the heart of the issue. And when we help you spiritually, then, you, then all those other things will fall into place. And I thought, man, that was so honest of them to say that. Um, hey, yes, do you, do you know what I'm talking
1: about oh, there? Absolutely. But the problem is, is, so the problem is, is we use this. And that is not acceptable. Yes. <laughs> they it's this not, is not acceptable not. <laughs> it's too confrontational <laughs> it confronts the human heart yes human heart in a way that isn't kind is it
0: yeah <laughs>
1: so. well and
0: and like you said like you know so and i've done a couple of interventions in my life a few of them a handful of them and um and uh and and, and watching them on intervention uh, that that tv show on a and e Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting in some ways. I can't watch too many of those, it bothers mm-hmm. me. But yeah. he, the guy says at the end, You already alluded to this. He said, Your family will be forced to turn their back on you if mm-hmm. you walk out. So he's using guilt and shame, yes, which is unbiblical, not in that book that you just held up. Hold that book up again, the Bible. That's not something biblical counselors should do or would do. I wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I hope I wouldn't do it. And if I did it, I hope somebody in the room would confront me and say, that's not biblical. Because what that guy, Eric Miller, the character in this show is saying is, we're going to guilt and shame you. And if you walk out and don't don't get help, then are your families going to be forced to turn their back on you? And um and that's what you're talking about. Is we have to be biblical counselors, compassionate, loving, even when people make horrible choices, like she looked like she was going to do and walk out of the of the uh, house.
1: There's another book for you guys that like the intervention. There's another book that a guy wrote named Mark Shaw, Divine Intervention. That's even better. <laughs> that talks about doing it in a biblical way. Anyway, that was my.
0: Well, you know, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the divine intervention book that I wrote, and and uh, and I always am concerned about people reading it and thinking I'm telling them to be mean or hateful or whatever to their loved one, and I and that's not what I want. I want that's them not to what comes to- out of
1: the book either.
0: Well, I hope not. I'm I'm teaching the book right now Monday nights at my church, and and going through some some of it. But I, I want people to walk by faith and not by sight and to make faith-filled choices that are sometimes tough. You know, it's hard to confront an addicted person. It's hard to deal, you know, you you know that, I know that it's tough when they're hard, you know, and, and I'll I'll give, this is free for all our viewers here. I'm going to give them a little insight. I've been really thinking and pondering and beginning to study, I think most mental illness comes down to one word. You know what it is? Stubborn. Yeah. I think it's stubbornness. I think people who are oftentimes, not always, and I'm talking about non-organic. So somebody diagnosed with a non-organic mental illness, not meeting, it's not medical, it's non-organic. It's behavioral. That's what that means. They it it they're being diagnosed as mentally ill when the root issue is often stubbornness
1: well well, that- well yeah you know i i'm 100 with you and i've actually heard uh secular people use the term odd
0: oh ODD, yeah
1: oppositional, oppositional defiance disorder does that yes. sound like stubbornness to you <laughs> does that very much so right yeah oppositional defiance disorder they're calling that and again it comes down to stubbornness which is rooted in pride it's pride i want to do it my way i want to do it my way famous songs that they play at funerals from frank sinatra i did it my way funerals they they play that at a lot of people's funerals which is a heartbreaking song to play at a funeral because if i did it my way all the way to the grave. That's a bad sign. Yeah. That's, that's not a good thing. But anyway, sometimes we wear that like it's a badge of honor. Like I did it my way. He was his own man. He, you know, anyway, don't get me on this rabbit trail.
0: Tell us about, so now Betsy does go to get help, goes to the AA meeting, which is hosted by a church. Mm -hmm. And, and and, probably uh,
1: in their basement or in a room to the side church do not. Host AA or NA meetings in your basement, in your building, promote Christ, promote Christ, not secular worldly ideologies that anyway, don't, ah, that's heartbreaking to me, but again, here we are.
0: Yeah. The more I age and think about it and the more I go, wow, the 12 steps really is a false religion. Right, And for a church that says Jesus Christ is the only way to host a meeting that says any higher power will do. It doesn't matter. You you can choose any higher power. It could be your daughter. It could be a doorknob. It could be this group. It could be your mother. It could be your dad, grandfather. It could be, you know, that's your higher power. And that'll help you get sober. If you're promoting that in your church then um, I don't think God's pleased. You know, you don't answer to me. But the more I think about this and, and dwell on this, the more gray hair I get, the more I think, wow, this is a false religion. And I just can no longer say anything uh, other than that. And I try to be gracious about it. I know a lot of people get mad when you talk about the 12 steps and they probably hit and uh, a click on the end of this now that I said that. But But the few that are faithful and say that and stick with it and understand it, those are the few that I think God is working through, and He's pleased. and And that's the team I want to be on. Amen.
1: Yeah, I want to point people. I want to make much of His name, Christ's name, His fame. Like that's what we're called to do. His name, His fame. All right. So in this AA
0: meeting, Betsy's there, and they said, and this guy Eric Miller says, Betsy, this is a very safe space. Mm. That's the quote, very safe space. Yes. And then this other woman says, share your heart, dear. And she's all compassionate. This woman in the meeting, she's such a fake and a phony because what happens when Betsy goes into the bathroom feeling sick, being dope sick? Yeah. What happens, CJ?
1: Well, she comes up behind her like so su- it was so like, just it reminds you of like the enemy. It reminds you of like, yeah. it was devilish behavior, like prowls around like mm-hmm. a roaring lion, seeking those who he can devour. And she walks up behind her, just comforting her and talking to her very softly. And then she just says, I got what you need. Here's your answer. And she's got, what'd she say? I have tens, forties and tens, twenties and forties. Yeah. I mean, I got yeah. it all. Yep. Like she's a, she's yeah. a dope dealer. I mean, she is a dope right. dealer and she hooks her up right there. So heartbreaking.
0: I, it's a dollar milligram. I got 40, I got 10, four 10, So that's 40 bucks
1: and it
0: can all go away. All your pain, all your suffering, all your sickness, and you don't have to be sick anymore. I'll help you. And in the bathroom, and and I think about the the verse in the New Testament that says Satan the, presents himself as an angel of light. Yes. And mm-hmm. so this sweet little woman who's like, open your heart, share your heart, dear, and we're here for you. And she's all fake in the meeting. Goes into the bathroom and offers her more drugs. And it's and it's um, and I think there's an agenda here, maybe to disparage AA meetings. Um, you know, and that kind of stuff goes on, the 13th stepping stuff goes on. In, in other words, you know, that stuff goes on in terms of the shenanigans and the sin and that kind of thing. But I'm not typically critical of AA for that. Cause that can even happen in the church. The reality. Amen. It's people. Yes. What I'm critical about AA is, is their messaging is what yes. they say, what they teach and, and how it is anti-Christ that that's what I'm critical of. So amen. Amen. this, this was just a human portrayal could have happened anywhere. Like you said, in a church, even
1: amen. And has at
0: a church service,
1: but yeah. So this yeah. most definitely wasn't a safe space and it's safe to say that she's that that old, yeah. la- nice oh. old lady has probably done that before. Right. Like she's been, she's probably done that before. Betsy's yeah. not her first victim. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But anyway, not that Betsy was a victim. But no, she, did, she made the well, choice, right? She made the choice.
0: Yeah. Now I know we're we gotta we gotta wrap up. Yes. There's one, two more things I want to end with. But yes. one, we've got to talk about. So you've got Rosario Dawson's character. I think her name is Bridget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's confronting Purdue Pharma in di- directly to their faces. Bridget Sackler didn't show up. She was disappointed in that. But she confronts them and says, We've got to reduce the number of pharmacies. We've got to limit access to this drug. And of course, they disagree. They're not going to limit access to the drug. Right. They want to, you know, they want to increase it by going into Germany and wherever else. They want more people taking the drug. But her premise is that there is addiction and abuse going on, and they disagree with that premise. So they're not going to do that. Um, that's that's just more evident in this fictional account that Purdue Pharma is not interested in uh, thinking about it from a different perspective. They're doing nothing wrong and they don't see the problem or they're ignoring the problem, but it's our verse. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's end is the way to death. Comments real quick. And then I got one more.
1: Okay, Real, real quick. I would just say again, they've Purdue Pharma in this show has they, at that point, at this point, they've, they've went too. they've already, they're already all in.
0: They're, yeah, all, they're in all in. This,
1: they mm-hmm. can't, they're, they're really, they just kind of got to go, keep going. I yeah. mean, from their perspective, it's like, we're already, we, we've, and yeah, I mean, it's just, there's, there's no turning back now. The lawyers though, they're really starting to kind of put that pressure on them. Um, but yeah, things are about to, but again, I think it's just, now it's just a, it's just going to be a fight. Because neither nobody's gonna back down at this point. But the
0: second thing is Dr. Herschel Jick. That that part comes out. So for three episodes now into the fourth, they cite this less than one percent of people get addicted.
1: Yes. As though
0: it's from a medical journal article in the New England Journal of Medicine. It's cited as a study to medical schools they are mm-hmm. teaching this. Purdue Pharma. They talk about it, they cite this study, at least in the show, the way it's portrayed. And they're all citing this Porter Jick study, Dr. Herschel Jick wrote a letter, not a study. That's what's revealed in this episode. Yeah. It was a letter. Context yeah. is king. <laughs> yes. Yes, for biblical people and and for medical people. Right. And so it's a five-sentence letter five sentences and then they have dr jick on the the you know he's testifying here before this grand jury and what he yeah, had no whatever. idea
1: that they were using it this way
0: no no idea. he was shocked yeah. he said i use my small database of patients in a hospital setting so in a hospital setting you're not going to get addicted and abuse it i mean they're going to limit that and you're you know and so he says it was an observation, not a study, but that's not how these other groups, and especially Purdue Pharma in this episode, are using that. They're using it as a scientific study rather than as a uh, an observation. And again, goes to your point about the wickedness of uh, Purdue Pharma as portrayed in this uh, Hulu series. Then, you know, it it ends with Dr. Phoenix and he snorts it. He's told to snort the OCs
1: and kind of the way it started. It's interesting that they, yeah, they ended it the way that they started it. Except now you got Doc, good old Doc, who got in a wreck. He was, I mean, just like, I mean, it's just all so ironic, right? So ironic Mm -hmm. the way it ends up. He's now he's dope sick. He's going to, and now he's going to the street. He's going to the street to get his fix. Like remember he's going yeah. over to Betsy's boyfriend or dope dealer or whatever you want to call him. Both yep. both and and now they're Yeah. They're you know he's going to them to get it and now he's and now he's snorting it just like they were to be, so he can get the maximum effect because he's hooked now and it's never enough. Yeah. It's never enough. And
0: I think the word dope sick was first used in this episode. I, I didn't hear it until this episode. I, I
1: think this is the very first time. Yeah.
0: The name of it is pseudo addiction,
1: mm. you know,
0: false addiction. That's what pseudo means. Right. And so false addiction and then dope sick and, and that, that tension, they do a good job of that. You know, how can you be dope sick if this is pseudo addiction and then well, it's breakthrough pain and it's, you know, they just kind of show. That tension over and over um but yeah and and here's what i wanted to say about it at the end doc is seen dancing at the end with his he's dreaming about he's in a hallucinatory state where he's dancing with his
1: deceased wife yeah that is heartbreaking yeah he's going he's remembering a time when things were well when things were in a very different spot like a lot more and now like just, I just, this is where his life's at now. Oh, what? Yeah. just heartbreaking, yeah. heartbreaking way to end. Oh
0: goodness. It is the, the emotional pain. I think people are, are feeling emotional pain and I just wrote a booklet. It's at the publisher now it should be out spring, early summer on opioids. And, um and, and I wrote a lot of these, a, a lot of things in it that I think will be helpful to people. Um, but this, this emotional pain driving the addiction. I mean, it's, it's our heart desires that that it's our belief system. It's, it's, it's that, and we think I'm going to find it in this fake substitute and it's going to fix it and make it all right. And it does make you feel good in the moment. Like he's having a great moment of dreaming about his, his deceased wife. Um, he's, he's in a place where Uh, he's, he's happy. He's in his safe space, so to speak. And that's how it ends. But the tragedy is it's all false, you know, pseudo addiction. uh, It's false. And he's, he's not a happy camper. He's not running to Christ. He's not really addressing the heart issues and the desires. And so, that's the um, that's the unfortunate thing here at the end that that breaks my heart. I'm heartbroken for different reasons and maybe some others, but it's like this is just another example of someone who if they don't run to Christ, they might get sober, but they're still going to die and go to hell and they're never going to really know the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that the Holy Spirit offers as fruit. When you surrender to Christ, give your life to him and Holy Spirit dwells in you.
1: Amen. Amen. I think that's a good, this is a good place to kind of bring things to a close. The John Piper quote from Desiring God, that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That really is the lasting remedy and hope is that we find our greatest joy and our greatest like what we're really looking for we find in him we're not going to find it mm-hmm. in a pill or a, like worldly mm-hmm. solutions we're going to find it in him now that doesn't mean and even in our suffering god is still most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him even in suffering even in chronic pain even in yes. trials of life that hit us and we didn't see coming even in sin sometimes but i mean but again when we repent from it but god is most you know he could, there is a remedy and i just i think that that's the answer is found in him over and over and over again it's not found anywhere else but right and and the opposite of that is what what
0: i mean what you you just said when you're looking for it in the world you're fulfilling this verse that we've said over and over in this episode there's a way that seems right to a man that that way is a worldly way, a worldly fix what Dr. Phoenix is, is seeking for here, but its end is the way to death. It's the pathway to death. Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture of death, but you and I have a message of hope and of life. And Amen. so dope sick might be all about the sin and the, the wickedness and, and everybody's off their more, their values, their, their selfish ambition. They're looking for love in all the wrong places, but you and I, God has given us a message that's different.
1: It's hopeful.
0: It it, it's victorious and it's in Jesus Christ. And, And, and that's where we've got to end it. I mean, that, that's it. So don't watch dope sick. Just watch the podcast. We'll tell you about it. We'll talk about these themes. But we believe it's important to talk about these themes because this is what's in the world. This is what it's already out there. As Christians, we have to be careful what we watch. I I get that, I understand that. But we also want to talk about real things and not just pretend that, you know, oh, Bible verse and everything's good and all drug addicts, you know, all the you know, it's a struggle. The struggle's real, as they say, but we know there's victory, there's hope in Jesus Christ. And that's the way to life. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Great place to end.
0: Well, thanks for joining us on this podcast. CJ and I are, are excited that uh, about what the Addiction Connection is doing. We're excited about this ministry, and we uh, have more important things to tell you about in the days ahead. We're going to wrap up this series with uh, a, f- a few more episode evaluations. We're trying to give you a biblical analysis of this. You don't have to watch it. Jesus Christ is on the throne. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned next time. Take care and God bless